Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Above the Bar Copy podcast. My name is Jenny Roth and this intro is a little bit different than previous intros to the podcast because today is our very first guest interview on the show. I am so honored to have sat down with Holly Haynes. Holly is a bright light, a wealth of information, a total inspiration if you are a mom, especially trying to grow a business in the cracks of your day, a profitable business while working a corporate job and raising little ones. And she gives real, tangible, doable advice and tips and routines for how she did that herself and how you can do it too. So I'm going to read Holly's official bio here and I'm going to let you get into the show so you can hear from her. (laughs) So Holly Haynes helps female entrepreneurs create simple, scalable offers and systems to grow to multiple six figures. An industry expert and featured Thrive and Entrepreneur.com author with a 20-year business consulting background with Fortune 500 companies, Holly runs her strategic coaching business, the Crush the Rush Planner Company, and hosts the top 100 Crush the Rush podcast while raising her twin daughters with her husband in Columbus, Ohio. In this episode, Holly is going to share with us how to set up a CEO week, working 10-ish hours a week, what tasks she did as she built her business this way, what she focused on, what she did in those 10 hours, and how she planned it out, and what are the important things to focus on as you're growing your business. And this is still the thing she does today as a multiple six-figure business owner. She also shares with us a new podcast that she has out called Ditch the Social Media Drama, where she shares with us how to use social media as a tool in your business, not the driver, and how to kind of take the pressure off of social media, but still be able to grow that audience, grow that email list, grow that following and community and all of those things. So with that, I'll let you meet the wonderful, the talented, the incredibly generous and kind Holly Haynes. Above the Bar Copy, a podcast for online business owners who want to break the rules, go beyond the normal standard marketing trends, and create fire sales copy that not only generates leads, but leaves a larger positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Jenny Roth. I'm an email, sales page, and website copywriter, mom to three daughters, and online business owner living in the rural Midwest. My goal for every episode is that you'll walk away with tips, ideas, and confidence to take your sales copy above the bar. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you for doing this with me. The reason I'm so thankful to meet you is because I, you've always stood out to me because I'm a mom of three girls. Yeah. Oh, I, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. And so I started my business when they were really little. I know you have twins. I had three in under four years, which... I mean, that's close. I know. <laughs> it was some wild time. Yeah. I know. And I hear you talk about building this business with a corporate career and little girls and like life and doing it eight to 10 hours a week. I tried to do that so hard when my <laughs> kids were little. Yeah. And my kids are like middle school age now. They go to school four days a week. So now I have 25, 30 hours a week for my business. So now I'm doing it. Yeah. They're small like that. I never did figure out how to, I was like, you know, I'll just get paid $200 a blog post to make 500 a week. And that's just where I'm at, you know? Yeah. And and not like using my kids as an excuse for like what I can't do. Cause I never would have started a business if I, I wouldn't have thought about working more having that flexibility had it not been for my desire to want to be with them. But I was just like, you know, I don't want to 
have childcare. I want to be this hands-on mom right now. And I, and that's just all I can do. So when I hear people like you teaching on, Hey, you can actually do this in 10 hours a week. Hey, you actually can do this with your nine to five, with your little ones. For me, that just like lights up my heart. I'm like, how? Like, tell us every, we need to yeah. know. I, well, I try to be really like honest about what happens behind yeah. the scenes because it's not like rainbows and butterflies, but I mean, it's definitely possible for sure. Which is so cool. And I think more moms, especially, but just everyone needs to hear that because we come in from this hustle-ish kind of grind culture. You got to put in your 40 hours. That's how I was brought up anyway. Yeah. At least your 40 oh, yeah. Hours. Yeah. And then if you want something extra, then maybe, you know, but you're going to really have to give up everything for it. And so I just love this message that you share and your story. And I think it's so important. So I'm excited. To visit. Oh, I'm excited too. I get really passionate about talking about it exactly for what you said, because I feel like you have to put like your oxygen mask on first. That's what I've been saying lately. People like are like, oh, I want to inspire others. I'm like, well, you kind of got to like get your own shit together first. And then you can say, okay, here's the deal. And I think for me, it is truly just like, let's just break the rules. We don't have to do what we've been taught for the last like 20 years, right? Like you don't have to work nine to five. You can work like five to 10 if you want, like pick what you want. And I think like my husband and I talk about it all the time because I think our neighbors literally look at us like, what the heck are they doing? Because <laughs> we're like out walking at 9 a.m. Now they don't see me checking my email at like six before my girls are up. So there's like a give and take, but yeah, that's like my new mission, which I'm super passionate about talking about. So I love that. I feel the same way. So I drop my kids off at school at like eight and then I'm a runner. I go for my run. And just like you said, when I'm running home at 9am and somebody, my neighbor sees me, I want to be like, Oh no, I am working today. You know, I want to like defend it. And so, yeah, that's cool. And that's such a good point that you said about putting on your own oxygen mask first. Cause I think, especially as women, we can divert taking care of ourselves and doing our own stuff first in the name yeah. of taking care of everybody else. Well, maybe we should back up. So, okay, if okay. you're listening, can you just share with our listeners, we're talking about all this stuff and what is your story? Like who you are, how you started your business? Like, yeah, tell us everything that we've been kind of alluding to here. Yeah, so... Yeah. So hi, I'm Holly Haynes. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And I always like to say, you know, I'm a business strategist at heart. So I did all the things like I went to college. I have like three degrees. I don't even know if that matters anymore because they're probably outdated, but I spent 22 years in corporate strategy working for fortune 500 companies. And at the beginning of January of 2020, I have twins and I was like, just looking at like life as you do on your commute on the way to work. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like another 10 years. I mean, when you have young kids and their twins and, and it just felt really hard. And it's not like I didn't like my job. I was lucky enough that I had a good job and I had done very well. And I had the team and the office and all the things that like you dream of when you're in business school. Right. And I was like, it just doesn't feel Right. So I had this like grand idea that I was going to start my own business and it sort of like grew over time. I don't know if you read the children's book. I think it's 
called what to do with an idea. I got to write this down because I don't remember the author's name, but the whole goal is like, there's this little sparkle on this little kid's back and it's the idea. And then like over time, the idea keeps growing and the sparkle turns into like this big glitter ball. And then at the end of the story, they like push it off the cliff. So I feel like in my corporate job, I was starting to lead women's leadership groups and I was starting to mentor younger women in the corporate arena. And I was like, this is what I like. This is interesting to me because I know that I'm helping other people and I can see myself making a difference. So that like glitter ball on my back kept growing. And in January of 2020, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start my own business and I'm just going to teach women something. I didn't even know what it was. So I hired a coach before I did anything. And out of that, came the podcast called Crush the Rush. And the whole goal was, and we talked about at the beginning, was just like get out of the like, just being rushed all the time. Like I felt like as a mom, I was just, everything was rushed. I was rushed in the morning. I was rushed in my free time. I was rushed when you're like, everything was just rushed. And I was like, we have to like get out of this cycle. But ironically, the podcast literally came out the day that COVID hit the United States. So none of that was in the plan. And I was like, well, what do I do now? Like I had this goal that I was going to start this business. I hired this coach. We have this podcast. Like, what do you do? And I just decided that I was going to keep going. But my whole mission was to just very organically share as a family, how we were navigating through building a business and managing our family. Our girls at the time were in kindergarten. And I always say, if you ever do kindergarten on Zoom for a full year, your whole perspective will change because it was horrible. But it really made me truly think about like, well, how am I going to run this business in a way where we're, I'm still working full time. We're now all at home. My girls are, we're teaching them kindergarten now, which is like a whole thing in itself. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like what, what if they don't know how to read or like, this is like a pivotal year of their life. And so we just kept going and I kept sharing and I kept taking notes of like what people were asking. Well, like, how are you doing this? And what does this make sense? And so our whole product suite and business was basically based off of the community that listened to the podcast and was watching and learning as I was trying to figure out how to grow and scale in a way that really, you know, sort of, I always say ditch the burnout. And, but that's like, a I feel like burnout is something everyone says, but it's like, helps you prioritize what's most important to you. Wow. I love that story. And just thinking about January, 2020, right? like you had no idea what was ahead, you know, all that in kindergarten and at home and all of those things. But I love what you said about following that glitter ball. I think Yeah, I got to remember the author. It's such a good book though. Yeah. I love how you kind of, it sounds like you in a way just jumped in. Like, I know I want to teach women something. This part of my corporate career, what I'm doing, I like this. Okay, let's follow it and see where it leads. I think giving ourselves permission to do that sometimes yeah. is scary, but it like, I don't know about you. It's rarely led me wrong when I'm like, hey, I love this. I'm excited about it. I have no idea really where it's going to go or if it's going to be anything, but let's see it. You know what I mean? That's a huge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were talking about boundaries at the beginning. And I think so often, you know, people, myself included, get nervous when something feels like, authentic and good and almost easy. Like one of my favorite affirmations is it gets to be easy because I think we are taught that like in order to be successful, it has to be really hard and you have to work tons of hours. Right. And so when it feels good and you're successful, you start to question like, is this real? 
Like, is this happening? But I think it's because we're taught, right? That, oh, you got to put in the time. You got to put in the time, like more work equals more success. And so I'm really, even within myself, working to like flip the model that like, okay, well, you can work hard for, you know, a prioritized amount of time and then you can go do other things. Oh my gosh, for sure. And just following up with that too, it sounds like one of the first things you did was build your community right? Yeah. The podcast that you hired a coach first, which I love that so much. I know. I'm like the crazy person that's like, I need a plan. What's the plan? Yeah, no, I think that's so cool. So tell me more about that. So you're working from home. You're starting this business. You have your girls. How did you make a schedule? Was it kind of on the fly, like those early days? Tell us more about the details and just- yeah. I mean, I don't do well working on the fly. Like my best days are when I know what is coming. That's just my personality. So going into the season where I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business. I'm still working full time. I didn't really know the pandemic was going to be what it was. And then that continued to grow. I did two things. And these are things that I teach a lot is one, I set very specific business hours. I still do it to this day of when I'm working and when I'm not working. Sometimes it's an hour a day. Sometimes it's two. When I was working full time, it was almost always six to seven or seven thirty in the morning because I'm a morning person. And I always caveat this with like, if you aren't a morning person, don't set your business hours for six a.m. Like it's not going to work. You have to find something that you can be like ridiculously consistent on. Because if I tell you, you know, you can work your business in two hours a day and then you're not consistent, you're not going to get that momentum. And so the whole goal was like, no matter what, I had at least an hour to a day, Monday through Friday, where I was able to commit to whatever the business tasks were. It ends up being, if you work an hour a day, it ends up being 417 hours a year, which people are like, well, I don't really understand. I'm like, can you imagine what you can do with 417 hours? It's a lot. So you have to kind of think of it as like, I'm going to be really efficient in this hour. And I always say consistency will trump talent. You don't have to be the best, but you have to stay in the game. So the whole goal is like one hour a day, Monday through Friday, no matter what. The other thing that I did because I did have a coach and I was learning, right? So I feel like at the beginning of your business, you're like setting the foundation of, and it takes a minute, right? Like it takes a minute to build the website and figure out your message and all the things. So I would always have at least one, what I called creative session a week, which is at least two hours of work in one block. And that is because you need sometimes more than like 15 minutes to accomplish something. So sometimes my one hours, like Monday through Friday would be like 20 minutes here, 15 minutes here, which was fine. But at least once a week, I needed this like time to like visualize the next thing that was coming. And then I always have a planning session with myself. I usually do it on Sunday mornings, Uh, but it adds up to like eight to 10 hours a week. And so I very strictly stuck to that. I still do it to this day. Even after leaving my corporate job, I don't do my work hours at 6am anymore. I was very excited to give that up, but I still do work very early in the morning so that like when my kids get off the bus, I can have time with them. Or like my husband and I have been trying to do more activities during the day. So that was the first thing I did. The second thing I did was I love a good theme. Like I love to decorate. I love theme parties. And so I was like, well, what's an easy way for me to be able to remember when I wake up and I have to work at 6 a.m., what am I going to focus on? And so I would pick a theme for each day. So like Mondays would be writing content. Tuesdays would be writing podcast episodes. And it would depend on the week. But having those themes helped me not scroll all morning trying to figure out what to focus on or dig through my emails of like, what's next? So it was just important to me to have that structure 
to just be really consistent and focusing on growth and knowing like, as an example, if I thought of a really great blog post to write, I would write it down, but I knew that Tuesday would be content day. So I knew that I had time on Tuesday to write it. So I didn't have to stress, oh, I, when am I going to do this? I had this great idea. Well, I gave time for the idea based on the theme, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, it totally does. So it's this idea of, I think this is also a children's book quote. It's a theme of like little by little, a little adds up to a lot. And I mm-hmm. think that's been so huge for me too, to realize, oh, I don't need 40 hours a week. Like you said, if I have just one hour a week or, you know, a day or whatever, and I consistently do that hour over time, like looking back in a few months, you'll be so much more ahead. So yeah. Yeah. A combination of that, like the little by little following the glitter ball of just like your gifts and what lights you up and letting it be easy. I think, you know, it should be easy if it's something you love to do. Right. And then what works for you, like in your schedule, like you said, whether it's 15 minutes here or there, whether you're a morning person, a night owl, and then just kind of having that theme. So when you sit down to work, you're not like, what do I do? You know, like today's podcast day, (laughs) just like having that. That's really cool. And on top of that, you had mentorship from the get-go, which I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people jump into mentorship when they've started and things are not working, right? So I think that's important. Yeah. And I think that like just fast tracks the whole thing. Because for me, I mean, ever since I've started, I've had somebody that I could ask questions to. And so I think it's one, going back to that quote, like it gets to be easy. Most of the time, somebody has already done what you're trying to do most of the time. So I think it's important to find like a community or a mentor or someone that you can lean on and say like, hey, does this make sense? Or did this work for you? Or like, how did you do this? It doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. It's just a way to like get feedback and know that you're not the only person that's trying to figure out Pinterest or something. Like there's somebody else in the world that has done it before. And for me, that made, it was almost like a safety net of like, I don't have to figure this out by myself. Other people have very successfully done this. I just have to figure out what works for me and you can figure out what works for you. So I imagine people listening to this too might be thinking, okay, I'm on board. Like I can do my themes and I can do my one hour on Monday and my 20 minutes on Tuesday and I can do all this stuff. And then I wonder if it comes up for them. Okay, but what do I do? So thinking to the beginning of your journey or maybe what you've learned now, is there certain things that you think are non-negotiables to include in your, you know, your eight to 10 hour week where you start with the email list, you start with the, you know, where do you start, you know? Yeah. So, well, I have a whole free training on it because I get this question a lot and I truly do believe in it. So if you go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash CEO week, I literally map it all out for you, but I will tell you a couple that like always stand out for me. And the first one is always content, which I know you love content and copy, right? Because when you are new or even when you're established in the world of social media and the internet, the way that people get to know you is through what you're sharing. So you have to find a platform that you're comfortable sharing on and you have to share consistently. So for me at the beginning, or even now, like I would say, you know, I always quote the 80, 20, 20 rule, which is like a corporate term, but like almost 80% of my time is around content, whether it's content for clients or content that's going out into the world or writing emails or whatever that is. And so I recommend coming up with what I call your signature method. And it's like three or four things that you're known for. So when people come to your page or wherever you're sharing, it's like very similar themes that come up all the time. Like if I started talking about how to count macros, 
which I do. And I actually kind of enjoy it. That would be weird. Like people would be like, wait, I thought she was a business strategy coach. Why is she talking about this? So it's like, I always share the same themes and that very similar content that like all flows together. So I would say content days are so important at the beginning. Sometimes I would have two or three content days because I would only have an hour at a time. So maybe like one day I'm mapping it out. The next day I'm actually writing. I don't know about you, but when I write, I have to be in like the right frame of mind and it has to be quiet. So figure out your content days would be my first tip. My second tip is definitely make sure you have an email list. One of my strategies is actually called an antisocial strategy, which means you're not dependent on social media. I always say that social media is not a business plan. It's a tool, right? Clearly I use it. A lot of people do, but you've got to have something that's yours. So whether it's a blog, email, whatever that is. And so I always had a day that was dedicated to coming up with whatever my email strategy was. And then a community day where I was working on just like connecting with other people. So maybe it's podcast interviews, maybe it's connecting inside different groups. Maybe it's speaking on different groups. A lot of coaches and communities have free networking days, like go to them or go to a coffee shop. And so those would be the three that like, I would say move the needle the most is having really solid content that's super consistent. And then having a place that's not so social media where you're really thinking through what's your strategy of putting yourself out there and then building a community that you're a part of where people will come to you, but you can also go to them. So I had like a community day, a content day, podcast day, and it could change like based on what projects you have going on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. And this is one thing we didn't talk about is a model for the women in your community that you teach is coaching product mm-hmm. based or service yeah. providers, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, I still use it now, right? And I'm three years in, I still use the same model. You can also use it for a product-based business, a service-based business. Like we have a a physical planner, like an actual planner that we ship out. So during seasons where we're creating the planner or shipping the planner or with the holidays, there may be some theme days around like, okay, this week, maybe there's two theme days around like, what's the shipping schedule or what's our sale or product schedule. So that's been definitely definitely something that we'll pivot on depending on what's going on. But it also comes back to that, those theme days where I was talking about the schedule. So usually on Sunday mornings, I'll sit down and be like, okay, what are the themes for the week? Right? Like maybe we're shipping out the planner. Maybe we're launching something. Maybe it's just like a nurture season. And so I'll pick my theme days. Maybe it's a lot of content based on what we have going on and what makes sense, but it saves you instant time because you're not switching between tasks. So if you have a limited amount of time, you're not going from writing 10 Instagram posts to recording a podcast because it's like different sections of your brain. It takes a minute to switch over. And so if you could just do it all in one chunk of time, it'll actually save you time. And I think you would probably agree as a copywriter that the copy tends to flow better when you are writing it in chunks at a time. I love that. So it's focusing on your content, being consistent there. Doesn't matter necessarily what, you know, blog, podcast, whatever that looks like for you. Being consistent with your content, having a community day where you're reaching out to other people, building your own private community, like email, text list. And so doing all these things, I want to pivot over into antisocial school in a minute. I yeah. to talk more about that. But doing all these things over time, you were able to eventually leave your corporate career 
tell us a little bit about that. If listeners don't know, like how long did it kind of take for you to like see momentum and realize, oh, hey, this this can support my family full time. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I didn't think that I was going to be able to replace my corporate income because I had been in corporate for so long. I was like, this is just not possible. Right. So I think there were like some mindset things that were happening. I'm trying to think of like how it actually played out because so we're 10 months into me doing this full, full time. So like this time last year, I hadn't even like thought about leaving my job yet. I mean, it was probably like the little sparkle on my back, but it was not like the big rolling glitter ball yet. So my husband and I actually went to a business retreat together and we were working with other entrepreneurs who, you know, were working together like husband and wife and also who were working full time. And it was actually him. And he looked at me and he was like, I think this is like really a thing. And it's not like I didn't think it was a thing, but like, I think for him to say that I was like, oh, really? And so it was actually like his encouragement. So we put together a plan. This was like November of last year and it was like three months or something. So I'm like, okay, well next summer I'll leave my job or whatever. So we like put it out there. I started talking about it and I ended up leaving in four weeks in the month because it all happened so fast. And so it's such a crazy story to me, but I truly feel like if you start talking about something as if it has already happened. There's like this magical process that goes along with it where it's like you're convincing yourself that it has happened and then it happens. So like as an example, one of the things I would do in my corporate job was I would move all my meetings away from Monday because like one of my goals is to not have meetings on Mondays and Fridays. Like I I really, truly want like a three-day work week or at least the flexibility to do whatever I want on Mondays and Fridays. So it's not like I had left my job yet or I was, you know, not working, but I like kind of tricked my mind into being like, well, this is what it could be like if you did your own thing or you went out on your own. And so there's just like little things like that that happened. And yeah, so it happened pretty quick. (laughs) I mean, we had a plan for sure, but we're 10 months in and it's, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. I follow you on Instagram. So I know, and you've gotten to continue even leaving your corporate job, continue again, the eight to 10 hour ish week, the Mm -hmm. flexibility. And then, so with your girls, you guys have gotten to travel. And so, yeah, tell me more about that. I mean, that's congratulations, by the way, like a year into doing that. I know it's so surreal. So one of my goals leaving was, well, I don't want to fill my schedule up with work. Right. For me, it's, it sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but the goal was actually more freedom-based than it was income. I mean, yes, you have to have money to like survive, but it was like, well, what can we do with all this time? And so I'm still super strict with like what hours I work, what hours I don't. But one of our goals as a family was to travel once a quarter. So, and when I say travel, it's not like go to grandma's. I'm like, we have to like actually pack a bag. We have to go somewhere. And so sort of as like a celebration, of like the year we took the girls out of school. We actually went to Europe for two weeks. So we went to Scotland and England and like to step away from business for two weeks. Right. So it still goes back to this model of, okay, well you can not be on social media and still be successful. And you, yes, you can work, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week and still be successful. And the whole time we were in Europe, I just kept thinking like, I cannot believe that we are here on a random week in September. It's like, I have all these like mindset things going on, but yeah, that was sort of our plan. And so we stick to the plan. We're working on our next trip. I don't know where it is going to be yet, but we'll see. (laughs) 
I'm going to link definitely in the show notes to the CEO week free resource that people can learn more about that. And I wanted to just shift gears a little bit into talking about antisocial school, which is a free podcast series about, like you said, using social media as a tool, not like the driver of your business. And so maybe a good place to start with that would be what inspired this idea or what kind of role does social media play in your business that have a part in it? Tell us more about that. Yeah. So I'm the crazy person that has two podcasts. One is Crush the Rush. One is called Ditch the Social Drama. It's a private podcast. You have to opt in. It's on our website. And I just felt like, again, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that we watch social media. I mean, I'm on social media. I I use it as a tool, but we think that things have to be done a certain way. And I think so often we're taught like, okay, well, you have to post five times a day. And if you don't post on stories, you're not going to make money. And if you're not on this platform, then you're not going to be successful. And I mean, pick the platform. It changes all the time. And so going back to when I started, well, I didn't have time to be on 12 different platforms and post all the time. So when I showed up, it had to be very strategic. And so it sort of morphed into this model where what I teach is you have to pick an antisocial driver, right? So my driver is podcasting and email. Those are things that I own. I actually have had my Instagram account completely taken down. I have like 12,000 subscribers. Like I was like, it's gone, like completely gone. Thankfully it came back, but definitely can happen. And so I wanted to make sure from a business perspective that our business was protected and that my strategy was based on something that I could control. Going back to time and freedom and just being able to be in control, it's something that I owned. So Instagram goes down. I had email. I had my website. I have our blog. I have other areas. And so what I teach is to pick a driver that is going to drive your business that is not social media. So it could be podcasting. It could be Pinterest. It could be being a guest on a podcast. If you don't have a podcast, it could be blogging. It could be speaking in person. In a couple of episodes, I give you a whole list. But then we use social media as a tool, right? So I say social media is a tool in your toolkit. And when you think of social media, you want to think of it as like a magazine. So if you're listening to this podcast, like one of the things you will probably do is go to Instagram and look me up, which is totally find most people do it I do it for people that I'm talking to because like that's where we see like what they're doing and what they're up to so you could have five posts there or a hundred posts there it doesn't matter but as long as it's like a magazine of what you want to be known for and that people can reference it you don't need a ton of other things and so I teach you different ways to repurpose your content to find ways to spend less time on social media for me it's just a much more healthy relationship (laughs) with the internet um, (laughs) that I think is also something that I want to teach my girls. And I don't know, there's lots of studies that show all the things that are bad with social media. But I also think, you know, my mission is not that social media is a bad thing. It's just let's use it in a way that makes sense for what you want your life to look like, how you want to feel, and in a way that makes sense for your business. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that idea of it's almost as if social media is kind of like you said, that magazine, a place where you can, it takes the pressure off of it. It's not like, oh, this post is my driver for my business today or whatever. You know, you have your podcast or your Pinterest set up or your blogging or your, you know, speaking engagements. That's your driver. 
and then yeah. kind of showing up. It almost seems like in a way then going on social media then is kind of like, hey, this is what I'm doing. It seems more simple because you're just kind of being like, hey, this is my week. Uh, here's the podcast. Here's where I'm speaking. Whatever you're doing or whatever you're up to, it can just be kind of a really natural way to talk about, you know, it's almost like living your life and then showing it versus like social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite tips is like on your, I have an iPhone, there's like an app tracker and you can set time limits. So like I set an hour time limit a day for all social media that includes me answering messages. So by the time I get through messages, there's not a lot of time left. So I just have to be like really efficient with it. And so I think one of the, I think it might be episode one, one of the activities I give is go through your day and track everything that you do for your business. And then think through is this income producing? Is this time on social media that I may or may not need? And then what can you do to adjust that? Like, can you automate something? Can you schedule it? Uh, Do you need to do it? Right? Like, I think a lot of times we just don't need to do it. And what makes the most sense? So good. And so one thing that might come up for people listening, and this is a selfish question for me too, because I'm an email copywriter and I know like you need the email list, grow the list. And then you could think, but without social media, how will I grow the list? But I think, and maybe you answered it already. What is your main driver to your email list other than social media? Or what have you seen students doing, having success to grow the list without, you know, the social drama? Yeah. I mean, I definitely use social media. So it's not like I don't, but it's not my main focus, right? It's it's like a tool in the toolkit. So my main tool um, is podcasting. So I obviously have a podcast, but if you don't have a podcast, I encourage my clients to pick two or three topics that you are really passionate about and go on a podcast tour, like literally go on a tour and like, okay, let's make a goal to be on three podcasts this month. But then the key to that is, is you've got to have something that you tie it to. So you've got when people listen to you, right? So what do they do? They go look at you on Instagram. Well, Holly taught us that Instagram's like a magazine. So there's going to be something there that's valuable. But also it's going to point them to something that you've created of value, right? So like some sort of lead magnet or free thing, which then is going to, you know, hopefully get them on your email list. That's been super powerful for me. And personally, I just like talking in person. It's easier for me. I think people just appreciate the power of being able to listen. Also, you can do summits, online workshops, blogging, but I know blogging sounds like a nineties term, but it's actually very popular. I'll give you an example because we actually had Jenna Kutcher on our podcast and the episode itself was, you know, pretty highly downloaded, but what is living on is the blog post that we wrote on our website about interviewing Jenna Kutcher, because now when people Google Jenna Kutcher, we're one of the top pages that comes up, right? So it's a very different strategy. Pinterest, Pinterest is not social media. It's a search engine. You can schedule things. So for me, anytime I can schedule something, even social media posts, I'm there, right? I do use social media. I'm very strategic about what I share in my stories, what I'm posting, but it's on my schedule. And I think that's the trick, right? So I'm not saying social media is bad. I'm not saying not to use it. I'm saying you need to have a driver in your business. Like social media is not your business plan. The other things that I've seen be successful is like speaking on summits or workshops, or how about just like hosting a networking call or event or go to coffee with a friend, all of those things, you have no idea what those relationships can turn into. And I talk about the Kevin Bacon effect, which is like, 
you're connected to like the next seven people, right? So it's like a spider web, right? So your audience is going to listen to me talk on your podcast, but I'm going to share it on my platforms as well. And so we just connected our two audiences together, hopefully benefiting both of us in a conversation that was like really fun and enjoyable and consisted of zero scrolling. So there's definitely better ways. (laughs) Thank you so much for all those ideas. I totally love this idea of just having control of the driver in your business and picking something that you love, whether that's podcasting or talking to people or blogging, whatever it is, and then kind of coming in with social media as that tool to amplify it and just share more of your voice too. Well, one more question I had just about the social media topic is you talked about repurposing content. And I know that, you know, we've all heard about repurpose your content, work smarter, not harder. And I'm just curious to hear your take on how to repurpose or any strategies or processes you follow to do that. Yeah. So if you download CEO Week, I have a whole section on content repurposing, but for me, it all comes back to where's your main hangout, right? So for me, it's podcasting. If you don't have a podcast, it could be blogging. It could be email. It could be a really long Instagram or Facebook post, whatever it is. It's usually some sort of long form content, which means it's a couple paragraphs, right? So I take that and then think of like, I map it out first, think of five or six different ways that I can repurpose it. So a podcast for us turns into a blog post. The blog post goes to Pinterest. The podcast obviously gets shared in email. It gets shared on social media. It gets shared on Instagram stories. It becomes a theme in our membership for the week. I'm trying to think where else it goes. There's like 12 different places it goes. It goes on LinkedIn. Now you'll notice I'm there's things that I'm sharing that are social media, but it's the same thing. So if you go to LinkedIn this week, you're going to see the same post that's on Instagram, but it all stemmed from a podcast episode, which is what I enjoy doing the most. So I always say like, pick the platform that you enjoy, if it's fun for you to write or fun for you to speak, and then take it and repurpose it into content that makes sense for those other platforms. So good. I love how you named, I literally was writing them down. So you have your podcast and you literally named eight. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like yeah, it is. <laughs> how that one piece of content can go so far for you. Yeah. You know? And I think for me as a creative person, I love to create the content and I love flexing that creative muscle. And then when it comes to repurposing it, getting it here, there, that's kind of for me where I fall off the <laughs> Yeah. You know, I will say I had that same experience and my number one mission. Well, my first mission in outsourcing was I need to hire somebody to edit the podcast because it's a lot and it took a lot of time. But my second mission was if I could focus just on creating content that I like to create, just like you said, you can hire a VA or somebody to take it and repurpose it. There's also tools which help you repurpose it. And so on my strategy creative day, right? So one of my two hour blocks, I literally sat down and said, okay, if I create this, here's where I need like an actual person to repurpose it, or here's where I can use a tool to repurpose it. And then we mapped out this big, I don't know, 10 different place strategy now, but it's not, it's not me doing all of it. Some of it's a tool, some of it's another person, but that was one of my goals at the beginning of my business was to say, How can I create one thing and be in all the places at one time? I always say, be so good that people can't help but notice, right? Like be so good. And in so many places, people are like, how is she doing that? And then it's like, well, that's what I'm going to teach you. (laughs) That's so cool. It goes back to that following that glitter ball idea again that we were talking about earlier, you know, giving yourself permission to be like, hey, I really 
just love teaching what I know inside Summit. So how can I use like a tool to translate that transcript and put it on a blog post? Or how yeah. can I hire somebody to, you know, put that over on Pinterest or whatever you want to do? And so you can really keep giving yourself that permission. Like this is what I enjoy doing. Here's my strength. Okay, now how can I, what tools, what support can I get to to do all the other things so that I yeah. can keep going that way? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Holly. Thank you so much for being here. We'll link to everything in the show notes, to CEO Week, to that resource, to the Ditch the Social Drama podcast. I know people are going to love that. Just learning more from you there. I'm using social media as a tool and and repurposing and all of those things. But just so, so thankful you took the time to share your knowledge with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so fun. Oh my gosh, wasn't Holly incredible? I learned so much from her talking to her, following her on Instagram. So if you haven't already, you can find Holly and we'll put this all in the show notes at hollymariehaines.com. See a week challenge, a link to the Ditch the Social Drama podcast, which is a free podcast teaching you how to use social media as a tool in your business, not the main event, right? <laughs> like we talked about. And also I have in my cart her planner, the Crush the Rush planner, which I'm really excited to use next quarter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this conversation with Holly and I'll see you guys thank you for listening to this episode of above the bar copy every month i draw one winner who will get a free audit on a piece of copy of your choice an email funnel a sales page a website page you name it i'll walk through it and send you a full video audit on the piece along with the google doc full of copy notes and suggestions you can implement to enter this copy audit giveaway leave a five-star positive review on the show and email me a screenshot of your review so I have your name and email and can notify you if you want. You can send that to hello at jennyrothcopywriting.com. 